0: The ABC's word wizard, the lord of language. A word in your ear with Professor Roly Sussex. He's here and willing and able to talk to you about words, language and lingu- linguistics on 1300 222 612. Raleigh, who or what walked into a bar and what does it have to do with language?
1: Ah well, may you say. Well, it has to do with Facebook, actually. Oh, um, there is a Facebook page devoted to issues that we talk about on this program. It was set up by Kelly Higgins Divine, and if you want to find it, the uh, Facebook ID is just Rollies, our six 61 word and it w- reaches well over two thousand people who have been having a ball with a series of things relating to man walk into a bar with grammatical implications. For example. An Oxford comma walks into a bar where it spends the evening watching the television, comma, getting drunk, comma, and smoking cigars. And the Oxford comma is when you've got a list of things, three or more, and you put a comma before the and. So, watching the television, comma, getting drunk, comma, and smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. The other view is that you don't have a comma before the and. So, watching the television, comma, getting drunk, and smoking cigars, Without the comma. Hmm. So that's what the Oxford comma was doing coming into a bar. A dangling participle walks into a bar. Full stop. Enjoying a cocktail and chatting with the bartender, the evening passes pleasantly. That doesn't sound too bad, Mm. but if you ask yourself, now wait a moment, who's doing the passing the evening pleasantly? Uh, Well, enjoying a cocktail and chatting with the bartender. Oh, it's the evening. Exactly, that's the problem. Oh, my. Mm. So you need to work out the, if you've got an ing word, it's got to refer to the subject of the main sentence or main clause.
0: Mm.
1: Here's another one, um, which I'd like to throw out for the listeners, because this one's a bit curly. A hyphenated word and a non-hyphenated word walk into a bar and the bartender nearly chokes on the irony. I'll give you that one again. A hyphenated word and a non-hyphenated word, walk into a bar and the bartender nearly chokes on the irony. Mm. Why is that an irony? Listeners, that... grab your phone.
0: Yeah, let me know. I don't know. I'm pretty good at English, I think, and I'm stumped. You are. Thank you. Oh, yeah. right. 1300 two six twelve. Rolly, they are chomping at the bit to right. ask you questions. What do you think? Shall we jump in?
1: Uh, yeah, let's let's accept the chomp.
0: <laughs> what a beautiful turn of phrase, as is Greg at Petrie. Hello there.
1: Oh, good afternoon.
0: What did you want to ask Rolly about?
1: Well, I was talking to someone the other day about a jerry can, a uh, mm-hmm. fuel can, a 20-litre fuel can with a flip-locking flip-top lid, and I just wondered where it came from. I thought... Maybe World War Two, because the Americans called the Germans Jerry's, mm-hmm. and maybe it came from them. I, I don't know. I don't know
0: either, but I reckon Rolly might. Your intuition actually is dead right. Um, the
1: the everyday term for the Germans, slightly disrespectful, was Jerry, and the Germans had those Jerry cans, which are they're basically flat-sided, and they sort of stand up fairly tall and they use those for supplying fuel to various military vehicles and so on so it was a jerry can and we thought gee that's such a good idea we'll do it as well so we've had jerry cans ever since and it is in fact an echo of the second world war dead right
0: well done greg dave is in curriby hello there dave
1: hello cat how are you very well
0: hi there ask away
1: we use frequently the term one-of or one... Well, I use one-of, and mm-hmm. I've heard it say one-of. off. What is the correct terminology? OK. If you're talking about one-of with something following it, like one of the people in this room is actually <laughs> carrying some garlic, all right, that's one-of. But one-of, O-F-F, O-F-F uh, comes from drafting, and when you're taking a copy uh, from a blueprint or something that is one copy off the the original and so one off is used in that sense and it shouldn't be used in the other one. Right, okay. okay. There we go. So you can say something something is a one off, meaning it's a unique copy. And by extension something is really very um unusual or precious or whatever. You know, so and so is a one off, meaning they are we shouldn't say unique because well whatever. Um no they're remarkable and interesting and unusual.
0: Great question. Thank you for that. 1300 612. And feel free to chime in on Rolly's question around the non-hyphenated and hyphenated walking into a bar. My husband has texted an answer, but I'm going to uh, defer to the listeners. What? I don't why, like it when he's smarter than me, Rolly.
1: Give him a little public glory. Go on.
0: You think? Ah. Okay, well, this is He might be wrong, but he's listening at home, uh, hopefully um, joyously on the couch. And he says, because non-hyphenated is hyphenated.
1: That's right, and, not, and hyphenated is not hyphenated.
0: He's oh, does that mean and, I have to I have to acquiesce and say that he is cleverer than me?
1: Uh, no, I I doubt if that's possible. But <laughs> I, I I I think I think you could actually bow deferentially when you go home tonight. I shall. He's, he's dead right because the hyphenated word is not hyphenated, and the non-hyphenated word is hyphenated. It's a bit like people saying, "Now look, why is the word monosyllabic not monosyllabic? Because monosyllabic uh-huh. means has one syllable." And yet it's got five syllables.
0: Yes. On it's the other like hand,
1: polysyllabic is, is polysyllabic and it has as many syllables as it says it has.
0: It's like the cruelty of the word an S in it.
1: Oh, yes. That, that, that really is, is inconvenient.
0: It's very inconvenient. Right. let you want to talk about malapropisms? Let's do one of those before we get to Paul at Sengay, yes.
1: Right. Malapropisms comes from French mal-à-propos, which means out of place. Mm-hmm. And there was a character called Mrs Malaprop in a play written by Richard Brindley Sheridan in 1775. It was called The Brivals. And Mrs Malaprop was a very pretentious person. She wasn't a person of great education, but she loved using long words to try and impress people. The trouble was she got the wrong ones. Mm. So she, she said "No, so-and-so was as headstrong as an allegory, and she meant alligator. <laughs> and she said, illiterate him from your memory. He meant She meant obliterate. Now, the thing about a malapropism is that it's, it may be involuntary, but it's usually the result of trying to appear knowledgeable and imp- imposing and getting the wrong one. And there are all sorts of pairs of words which you can get wrong like this. Um, George W. Bush, I'm afraid, oh, said... we cannot of- ..we cannot let terrorists and rogue nations hold this nation hostile. He meant hostage, of course. Yes. Um, one of our own leaders talked about the suppository of knowledge... <laughs> And I'm afraid we shouldn't really try and remember people like no for these things because it happens to everybody, including you and me, in front of a microphone.
0: Oh, gosh, more times than I would like to count. Rolly? Yeah,
1: well, Richard Daly, the mayor of Chicago, said alcoholics unanimous rather than anonymous.
0: Well, I guess in a room at Alcoholics Anonymous, they would be unanimously alcoholic
1: you have a point i have to think about that one one mm. more and then we'll okay. stop mark twain in huckleberry finn i was putrefied with astonishment <laughs> <laughs> instead of petrified
0: well yeah
1: either now, either works these things can creep up on you and of course if you're not quite certain which one is right you can but you can make yourself look quite ridiculous so these are malapropisms and if listeners have got some they'd like to share so long as they're printable we yes. wouldn't mind hearing from you at all
0: how wonderful paul in sandgate hello
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Welcome. I don't think mine is quite as clever as that, but it's also a mispronounced word from a
0: publicist.
1: Important. Oh, yes.
0: I'm a little bit Mm over-important. You want important? Well, I would prefer important. Yes. Yes. But we don't seem to get that from our fearless leaders at the moment. Dropping the T.
1: Yeah, th- this one has has turned up quite a few times in the past, and it, it turns up with different words. It's a bit like um, butter coming out as butter. Mm. And it only applies to T, and it only applies to T between vowels. Now, if you think about important, we don't pronounce the R, so it's or at, all right? And if you're going to make the T, you've got to turn your voice off, important, all right? Mm. And it's much easier if you leave your voice going, and that turns it into a sort of a D, it's called a flap by linguists. So important, ladder for latter and butter for butter. The Americans do it. It's one of the things we share with them. And it's, it's very common in very fast speech mm-hmm. and also in, shall we say, less careful speech.
0: Yes, yes. I, I know if I'm tired, sometimes mm-hmm. I have trouble with that one because it does take more energy to say it correctly. Yes. Let's go to Judy in Townsville. Hello, Judy. Well, I was going to put the phone down because I agree with your husband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it quickly, or did you have to no. really think about it? No, no, I got it straight away.
1: <sighs> <sighs>
0: it's wonderful, really. I love those.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is though that they, you can you can sit and look at those sometimes, and you, you know, and round about ten minutes later, all of a sudden, bang, there's the answer. Well, yeah, as mm. soon
0: as as soon as it was said, I'm like, oh, of course oh, it is. Do you yeah. like a good word mm. puzzle, Judy? Yes, I do, yes. Mm. Oh, well, it's been. Love word. <laughs> I'm sorry you got pipped by my husband. That's quite all right. In <laughs> good company. <laughs> Thank you. I like to think so. Let's see if Michael in Tally has a uh, question for Rolly. Hello there.
1: Hello. Uh, yes, Rolly. I've got one. Uh, look, this comes under a bracket of Americanisms, which are mm-hmm. creeping to our language. Uh, mm-hmm. One is uh, the common thing, uh, referring to her and her friend, instead mm-hmm. of she and her friend or mm-hmm. he and. Uh, his and and uh, is such and such, and that seems to be quite common usage these days, mm-hmm. uh, ev- everywhere on on electronic media as well as in conversation. And mm-hmm. uh, it, to me, it sounds wrong. Uh, but And it is grammatically incorrect by English standards, but perhaps it's grammatically correct by American standards. It's not actually American. I'm sorry, Michael. It's uh, it's widespread across the English-speaking world. Okay. What you're going to do is you take out the and her friend, and that'll tell you what you should have. So yes. she she went to the shops, so she and her friend went to the shops. Yes. But I saw her... So, I saw her and her friend. Depends what it's doing in the sentence. Yes. And I'm afraid that a lot of people... It's a bit like me and Jim is going to the shops. Um, you know, teachers yep. jump on that quite correctly too. Well, uh, another very, a very quick associated one. Uh, the Go word on. goner gonna, yeah. seems mm-hmm. to replace uh, um, uh, going "going to. And the word yes. to seems to have dropped off in common usage. Mm-hmm. This is an example of radical simplification. In other words, going to. There's a ng and a t. And it makes it much simpler, simpler if you just have a single nasal sound, N, in the middle. And again, I'm sure Kat and I, tired and at speed, um, you know, when you're commentating the football or something, Kat, <laughs> we, we might actually say goner rather than going to.
0: Um, that would be the least of the terrible things I would get wrong if I was commentating on football, Rolly.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, we ought to give you a go just to listen. All right. <laughs> no, but but, but no, this, this is quite right, Michael. Um, this is a, a common... Uh, simplification, it's been around in English for at least 100 years and probably longer
0: Steve on the Sunshine Coast has perhaps another example of the, the hyphenated reference, hello Steve
1: hello, hello um, everyone um, yes, Steve. i just, I've got, maybe I misheard it but uh, I would have thought um, if someone went into a bar, two blokes went into the bar one was hyphenated and one was uh, not hyphenated mm. the difference would be that the guy that was hyphenated wanted an extra dash
0: in his drink. Hey! Oh. Boom,
1: boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> ah, <laughs> all right.
0: Oh, I will pay that.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> I tell you, the if you get online and, and, and do a search for... Some, something like um an oxford comma walks into a bar you'll probably find this list if not go to the facebook page at Rowley sussex and join the discussion a lot of people are having a lot of fun with it i must say
0: they certainly are the last one on the on the hyphenated discussion is frank hello frank
1: oh hi there Lo- love your segment or I, I just hope it was longer but unfortunately it can't be My might, might crack at it it's not as inventive as the previous call i was i was thinking uh the irony bit sort of got me um how about ironing boards some people put a hyphen between the ironing and the board (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, that's one i think that used to be two words for a while it might have had a hyphen but now it's almost almost universally just one word because it's such a common common object
0: Yes, Rolly Sussex is your guest, Professor Rolly Sussex. My name is Kat Davidson. It is five two two, and we're having a bit of a wander through the English language. Finney can, is in... Oh yes, of course you can, Rolly.
1: OK, I was wondering if we can drop in a misplaced modifier. Ooh. These are lots of fun. Um, a bar owned by a man with a glass eye named Ralph. Now, that sounds as if his glass eye is called Ralph. It does. And... I- what you've got to do is you've got to put the, the modifier, like named Ralph, next to the thing it refers to. A bar owned by a man named Ralph with a glass eye. That'll does it fine. And you find, you find these in um, for sale notices in the paper. A grand piano for sale with barley, sorry, by a man with barley twist legs. Um, if so, he would dif- have difficulty walking. Mm-hmm. You've got to get them next to each other. Yes. Any more misplay modifiers? Um, I'm harvesting data, listeners, so if you can offer some, I'd we'll be grateful.
0: Let's talk to Finney and Westwood. What did you want to say, Finney?
1: Hey, good afternoon, Captain Raleigh. How are you both going?
0: We're good. We are. Good,
1: good. That's the way. A Raleigh, dirigible. Yes. Now, I've looked under zeppelins, uh, airships, and possibly I'm spelling the word wrong, but where, where the heck does that come from? Okay. comes from Latin and it means something which can be directed and so dirigible really means something that can be steered or guided so you can have a um a dirigible spotlight for example meaning something that you can actually point in a particular direction they used to have these during wartime so it's a
0: descriptive term
1: it's a descriptive term yeah Um, and i think it also during wartime meant an airship and the importance of the airship was that it was not like an airplane um, but it needed motors or something to point it in in some direction yes. And when they made worked out how to how to steer these things and make them go they were Dirigibles in the same sense, so they were things which could be steered. That's it.
0: I thought it was a noun Mind-blowing well, it
1: is it is it is as an as an, uh, an Airship, but it's originally an adjective
0: interesting John is in Cairns. Hello, John. How are we going on, Kath? Very well, what did you Rally. want
1: to ask? Yes, sir. the word mi- next next Thursday Oh, yes, right. (laughs) Do you define that as the following Thursday or the one after the next? Oh, gosh. This is stepping stepping into a minefield. Yes. With time, it depends how close you are to the Thursday. So today is Thursday, but if I said to you next Saturday, that would probably be the Saturday after the one that's coming two days hence. But if I said next Monday, it's kind of, you know, is it Monday five days away or Monday 12 days away? And... If you're driving along in a car and someone says, take the next left, it might be the one we're now approaching, which Ah. is the way I understand it. But a lot of people say the one after that. And the only safe way of managing next is to flesh it out a bit and to say, take the next road left, the one where the boy in the yellow shirt is just coming out of. Yes. Which is a long way around, but I'm sorry, there is no definition which works.
0: We have one final call before um, we find our final word from Raleigh Sussex, and that is coming from Graham in Scarborough. Hello there.
1: Good afternoon. Uh, just on those getting the words wrong, uh, the Queensland Times, which is no longer there, when they reported on the process for um, Mary McKillop, mm-hmm. they said she was going to be beautified. Oh. And, oh, I pointed it out, and I pointed that out to the editor and he said, well, what's the problem? I said, the word is deatified. <laughs> it is indeed. Oh, well, that 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 is a most unfortunate one. Uh, but I'll add it, to the, add it to the archive. Thank you very much, Graham.
0: Thank you, Graham. A very quick one before we have your final word. Jan has asked if I need correcting. I do love a good correcting, Rolly. Um, <laughs> if it's champing yeah. or chomping at the bit. I said I, chomping.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually champing by the way um, oh. horses champ at the bit chomp is is what you do when you're eating something Yes. Uh, particularly with energetic use of the jaw oh. but champ is um what horses do when they kind of they've got a bit in the mouth and they're not ha- happy with it they champing. Sort of make, nay, nay, nay,
0: i will get it right this for henceforth rolly what is your final word
1: this is maggie smith as the Dowager de, du- Dower de du- countess in in sorry duchess in downton abbey I know several couples who are perfectly happy. They haven't spoken for years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rolly Sussex, it's been a pleasure as always.
1: Thanks, Kat. On your radio and online.
0: At home or on the road.
1: This is ABC Radio.